Can I just quickly ask you if the chemical attack crosses a red line for you? Uh, it crossed a lot of lines for me. When you kill innocent children, innocent babies, babies, little babies, with a chemical gas that is so lethal, people were shocked to hear what gas it was. That crosses many, many lines beyond the red line, many, many lines. Welcome to The Daily Standard, a daily podcast from The Weekly Standard magazine. I'm delighted to have Michael Warren here with us. Also delighted that this podcast is sponsored by SaneBox.com, S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com. If you have given up on getting caught up on your email, getting to inbox zero, well, don't. You can do it with SaneBox.com, and I can get you a two-week free trial and a $25 credit. Keep listening to find out how. Michael Warren, everybody is talking about the attack in Syria, the horrific images that we've seen. Before we talk about the politics policy, the question of who's responsible, is there a serious conversation that it's not Assad, or is it kind of the conventional wisdom we pretty much know it's Assad. Yeah, it is Assad. And, and anybody who sort of suggests with any uh, seriousness that it's not Assad is uh, pulling the wool over your eyes. It, it, it's Assad. Or Russian. Yeah, it, well, exactly. <laughs> well, you, uh, you repeat yourself, ourselves. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is Assad. And, uh, and I, I believe that the U.S. government knows that uh, with fair amount of confidence. And so the evolution of where the U.S. government, the Trump administration, is, it started with really not saying anything and then went to... Right. So it was this kind of weird evolution where you had... um you had Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary, sort of in an off-camera gaggle on on Tuesday, responding, saying it was horrific. Uh, then kind of silence, silence from Secretary of State Rex Tillerson uh, when he was asked uh, in person. Uh, and then later in the afternoon on Tuesday, you had a presidential statement that came out, uh, ruffled quite a few feathers because it it, it, it strongly condemned uh, what had happened in Syria uh, and then bl- to placed a lot of the blame, I think correctly, if not with with much class or, or tact, <laughs> uh, blame the Obama administration's inactions uh, uh, for for leading to this uh, this moment. And uh, let me right yeah. there just so to be clear, the problem is that was the wrong moment to be pointing fingers, not that the finger pointing was inaccurate. Oh, it was totally accurate. I mean, this is this was this it should go down, I think, is one of the major failures on the foreign policy front of the Obama administration, which is letting uh, this uh, genocide of uh, of Bashar al-Assad's own people go uh, unchecked, mm-hmm. even after saying uh, there was this red line that if Assad crossed it, the United States would act. Not acting right. is it was just such a failure on so many levels. So, look, Donald Trump is, is, is was right. Uh, Donald Trump was also one of those urging a few years ago that President Obama not do anything in right. Syria. So uh, it it is a little rich coming from the president now, but obviously you, things change when you become the president and know a little more. And that's what struck me today with the presser with King Abdullah of Jordan. Donald Trump, the guy, seemed to be bothered. Did you pick up on that, that that it wasn't just, I'm here, whatever, doing my little Trump act, but that the way he talked about watching it on TV and the way he talked about the victims, I... It seemed to rattle him almost. Absolutely, as it as it should for anybody sure. who sees this. Um, again, I mean, this is not uh, look better late than never for mm-hmm. somebody to come come to this realization. Right. Uh, but 
we know what Assad has been doing with chemical weapons in his country. We know the sort of, uh, to even take out the chemical weapons, all the sort of uh, uh, bombing campaigns and targeting of his own civilians he's been doing now for something like seven right. years. Um, so this is nothing new. Uh, it doesn't uh, diminish, though, the what the, how horrific it was uh, of what he did uh, and what his regime did with these, these kids. And and I do think that the president uh, was, was rattled by it, whether it was because of particular intelligence or information he got as president, or if it's, as you say, what he saw on TV, uh, the fact of the matter is he seems to have been ch- changed by it. And as he kind of announced, uh, uh, surprisingly, from my perspective, uh, he suggested there might be a change in uh, U.S. policy towards okay. Syria. Now, are you ready for your stumper trick question? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this time yesterday, what was our policy towards Syria? Uh, kind of the exactly. same, not doing much. Uh, but and, and, it wasn't it, even clear. I mean, what were it we was not clear. You're right. Were we saying Assad shall stay, can stay? We don't care if he stays. We're going to fight ISIS first. We're only going to fight ISIS. I mean, that's. I, I, I can't tell you which of those was the policy. That, that's right, and and I guess the the policy really was sort of a tacit neglect of the issue, and 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 really, I think a. Uh, an assertion by the administration that they were they were backing away from the idea that Assad could be deposed and there could be regime change mm-hmm. in Syria. Um, that was actually never something that the Obama administration explicitly said, sure. uh, even if their actions re- essentially reflected mm-hmm. that point of view. Um, so, so I think we are going to see a change from that. Uh, I'm told uh, that something's changing. Um, I don't have any more information than that. I, I'm trying to get that information from right. folks from the White House, uh, I'm told to expect something okay. of a change which would be significant um, not only for President Trump, who has been much sort of uh, softer on this issue, but a, a big change from the last seven years. So let me take this moment while you're talking about change to change people's attitude about your email. If you're like me, there's been a moment where you looked at your email box and just gave up. I'm never going to be able to track all these emails. I don't know where most of them come from. I'm scared to open some of them. Meanwhile, the emails I need are in there. How do I dig them out? How do I bring sanity back to my email and turn it into something that works for me instead of me having to work to keep up with it? I've got the answer. SaneBox.com. SaneBox sorts through your email. It moves all the trivial stuff into a different folder, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to read. And beside moving all that junk so you can focus on the messages that matter, there's this great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder, and you'll never hear from the sender again. Because we could all use more organization in our email life, here at the Weekly Standard, we worked out a great deal for our podcast listeners. Visit SaneBox.com slash Weekly Standard today. And not only will you get a two-week free trial to see how this can transform your email life, literally, but they'll also throw in an extra $25 credit. You don't even have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. The amazing, liberating feeling of reaching Inbox Zero is out there, and you can have it today. Visit SaneBox.com slash Weekly Standard. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com. So, Michael Warren, let me share with you what the Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren types are saying right now. There you go. Weekly standard neocons. They just want to get into a war. Now, let me let you hear from the Steve Bannon talk radio crowd. Those neocons, they just want to get into a war. Right. Is are they right that this is just ideology? Is there something short of a war? What, What can Trump do? 
there's a lot of different options, right? I mean, he could uh, uh, he could send up send some bombs over there and 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 sort of make a statement, uh, uh, not only for Assad but for Assad's most important allies, uh, Russia and Vladimir Putin and uh, and, and Iran, um, saying this is not going to stand uh, this sort of thing. And that that would be, I think, sig- that would send enough of a significant message that uh, things are changing now. Mm-hmm. Um, you could start. You could you could imagine some some back channel conversations, uh, particularly with the Russians, maybe less so with the Iranians. Uh, uh, sort of emphasizing this: look, we're 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 willing to take some economic sanctions or other sort of uh, diplomatic efforts to let these very important allies. To I mean, these the, these two allies, Russia and Iran. Uh, are are the only thing that are really propping up the Assad right. regime in Syria, uh, so really sort of getting tough on that. I I don't know. I mean, this is my big question right now to the White House, which is, what is this change? What does this policy change look like? Are we talking right. about bringing World War Three to Syria? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's a sort of openness here because there was never a defined Syria policy from the Trump administration that this this upcoming change could really mean anything. And uh, look, if you look at what Trump said during the campaign, I would not expect a sort of big war, uh, uh, tons of boots sure. on the ground. Just doesn't seem his style. But on the other hand, uh, he's he sort of uh, changes with the wind and changes with sort of where his mood is and 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 the things he's seeing on TV. I wouldn't be surprised if it's something closer. To yeah, that. this is a good point to remind people that we have been sending boots on the ground in Syria, right. in northern Syria, fighting ISIS. We've been ramping up. There have been complaints. Uh, that the Defense Department isn't being as transparent about moving troops around as part of a new policy. You know, Trump doesn't right. like the idea that you tell. He thinks it's a big deal if you, you announce the troops are leaving. Right. So we've got a minimum five thousand guys on the ground right That's now, right. and there are more coming. They're already there. You know what I'm saying? That gives you some l- leverage. Yeah, absolutely. The, the question is, has the Trump vision? really change? In other words, is he prepared to fight? And this is the, the, my idea I want to run by you and I've been doing it everybody. Why not have Assad wake up tomorrow morning with a big gaping hole where his favorite palace or where a key weapons depot or something, or maybe his, his bank, where his family banks is just gone. And then all Donald Trump does is send out a tweet that says, no more gas. In other words, Trump could fight against the idea of chemical weapons. He could fight for these sick kids, and he could fight for that without dragging his base into a George W. Bush style, you know, regime change. He doesn't have to break the "you break it or bought it" rule. You bought it rule. Does that make sense? It could. I mean, it 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 could possibly work. Um, I mean, the question though is: uh, is the White House, is uh, the Pentagon, uh, is the administration? Um, have they been thinking for a long time? Have they have they are they just started formulating a, right. new, a new policy? Um, would that be the most prudent way of uh, of of going about this? And um, you do have to wonder. Uh, the National Security Council's uh, uh, apparently meeting Tuesday afternoon, or without excuse Steve, me, Wednesday afternoon, without Steve, without Bannon. Steve Bannon, who's just been removed. Um, uh, people uh, people are talking about new policy. Uh, that would suggest to me that we're less likely to see something that drastic, and uh, we may even see something a little more thought out, which would be novel for the Trump administration. <laughs> um, but your 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 plan. Could possibly work and and could fit within Trump's wheelhouse. Well, because and we'll conclude with this. I think that it 
sadly, in this cynical world we live in, we know we're not going to get regime change out of a few bombs. We know this is going to take more effort. But if Trump did that, two things would happen. One is, I think he looks weak by doing nothing. People can say all they want. They didn't elect Trump to invade. And it was kind of a dichotomy. On the one hand, they don't want to do Iraq again. On the other hand, they felt like President Obama was too much of a weak wind, whatever. So that gives him a chance to act. And the second thing is, you and I were talking before the podcast about how— Stomach-turning, some of the comments from the Obama administration figures have been they let this horrific crime occur. The I would argue the low point of the Trump minister, of Obama administration was when he gave a speech and in the same speech said, I've made the decision, it is my moral duty to act, and I've made another decision, I'm not going to act. I mean, I just that was just... So if Trump acts, he looks like the tough guy, right? and it puts in terrible relief the previous administration, which is a political win that his base would love. So maybe those things could cause Trump to do the right thing. Perhaps. And and that's kind of all we can hope for, right? That, that sort of different <laughs> dynamic and uh, dynamics and elements uh, sort of uh, force Trump into accidentally right. falling into the right uh, the right decision. So uh, here's hoping. Well, I'm, I'm going to continue to report on this and, and talk to people as much as I can to, to figure out what's going on. And we'll continue to watch your reporting here at theweeklystandard.com. Thanks so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. Don't forget, every Friday, it's the crystal clear edition of the podcast, and you don't want to miss that. And the best way not to miss our podcast is to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Just search Weekly Standard. We'll pop right up. While you're there, please uh, leave a comment or a review. Tell people that you found something you enjoy listening to. We'd appreciate that so much. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.